You're listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box, where you get the inside scoop on the steps action takers and decision makers take to align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. We focus on the mantra, no labels, no limits, no excuses. Each week, you'll hear from remarkable guests who have overcome challenges and obstacles to succeed in the face of adversity. By listening to their stories, you'll get practical tips, tools, and resources you can implement today to bust through your own internalized prisons of worry and doubt. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box. Hey there, everybody, and welcome. This is Sarah, your host of the No Labels, No Limits podcast, and I want to thank you for joining us for this week's episode. Um, And as you know, this podcast is all about shedding limiting labels and beliefs. And I really think about having guests on who will help us live larger, um, challenge any limiting beliefs, and also talk to us about how to move beyond where we might be getting stuck. Um, So, but before, since I know this episode is going to go live between a specific time frame, you still have time to get in on a fun celebration we're doing. So last week was my 200th episode of this podcast. And for the time between September 2nd and September 15th of 2021, I don't know when you'll be listening to this, but if you're outside of that window, this doesn't apply, but we're doing a celebration um, to honor all of our guests and to promote the philosophy of no labels, no limits. So to get on board and have a chance for a drawing, a randomized drawing, um, just go to our website, sarahbox.com. You'll find a link. All you have to do is pick one of your favorite episodes. It can be this episode. But you have to say what number the episode is, who the guest was, and how specifically that episode impacted you. That's all you have to do. Then hit a submit button. We'll keep it in a a file, basically. And then we'll run a random number generator. And on September 16th, we're going to pick our top three winners and send gift cards to them. So that's it. I just wanted to let you know at the top. Pay attention to the episode because this would be a great one for you to note some things because I know our guest is known for giving gems and sharing things that do inspire. So with that, let me tell you a little bit about who we have this week on our podcast. David Wood. um, And David is not an unknown person to this podcast. He was actually on as our guest for episode 102. David, this is going to be 201. So you're coming about every 99 episodes. So you just put it on your calendar. Come back. Yeah, um, you got it. Just plan on it. Um, but that's almost been two years ago that we spoke. But so I want to give folks uh, who may have listened to you before, just remind them who you are and new listeners, give you a little background on you. Folks, David is the founder and CEO of Play for Real and Focus.ceo, and he's considered an expert performance coach. More specifically, he really focuses on how our own human nature can get in the way of our success. Now, he's kind of an interesting guy. You might think from his kind of kickback casual look that he's, he's always that way. But think about this. David started life his professional life as a consulting actuary to Fortune 100 companies. So very analytical thought, you know, in that way. And then he's gone on and he did some other things. So after he left that field, though, what was really great and just for fun, David returned back to Australia and he became a professional entertainer, guitar player, and he played in pubs and did a bunch of different things in Australia. And then he found his true calling and passion, and that was coaching. And he went on to become both um, a fantastic coach, which he still does today, and he's an author, um, but he found that sweet spot for helping others, and he never looked back, and he went on to build the largest coaching business, training of trainers, coaching programs, so it's really fun to have David on. He has a wealth of information, and today we're going to actually talk to David about what, in his mind and his experience, um, it means to play full out in life. What's it look like? Um, what what does it take? How do we know if we're playing full out? And we're going to ask him about this brand new book he's writing. And its working title is currently Name That Mouse. So with that, um, let me welcome 
David Wood back to the No Labels, No Limits podcast. Hi, David. Sarah, thanks for having me on the show again. And, you know, hearing you read that, I was thinking, oh, I've been around for a while. So have you. I remember the, <laughs> I've the been name around Sarah. for a while. Yeah, I remember the name Sarah Box going going way back. So uh, it's fun to, to come together again. And yeah, let's let's inspire each other. And I love, I love the whole concept of playing full out. I call it playing for real. Are you playing for real? I mean, I think life's a game, so let's play it. Well, talk more. Well, let me ask before you do that, because I want to ask all of our guests this question. And that is, okay, so if you're playing for real and you're playing the, the game and enjoying the game, David, is there something that you kind of do every day that keeps you like dialed in on that game? Do you have a, a habit or... <laughs> something you do you know this is probably not the answer you're looking for i don't think i do at the moment i don't have something that keeps me doing that it's it's more luck at the moment i might just have a day or i'm actually having a few weeks right now where i actually feel like i am playing for real and i haven't had to do anything about it it's been natural it's been coming out of me it's been flowing i I decided to get into acting a month ago and um, it's been such a riot as I as I've dived in but I don't I often coach my clients on their rituals and their routines and you know when they want to be at peak performance as often as possible for me I'm enjoying uh, cruising right now and for and it just happens to be that um, I feel like I am actually playing for real in that sometimes that cruising mode and i'm i'm not sure that when you're when you really are driven you ever totally cruise without like you may be in a cruising mode but it's almost like things start coming together in those moments you know in just a different way it's coalesces you don't have to work at it but things are click 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 yeah as a as a coach i'm not like the boot camp sergeant that's like oh you've got to push it in every area no if you're enjoying the pace of, of your business and your life and, uh, and you're happy with what's happening and you don't have big goals that, that light you up and you're fine with that, that's great. Just, just cruise and enjoy yourself. Uh, my day to day, it's my birthday today and um, I'm, I'm going to take it easy. I'll probably play some video games. I've got a costume party to go to tonight. No need to push anything. But... If you, let's suppose you want your business to do better and you want it, you want to get there faster, then it becomes important to change some of, some of our, our habits and, and ramp it up. And there are definitely times in my life where, where I do that, but you don't have to do it all the time. It's a choice. We go through we cycles have. also. Hey, okay. I know that this podcast will air after your birthday party, your costume party tonight. So we're not revealing anything. What is your costume? Well, firstly, I have to give you some context. I, I, when I decided to get into acting, I started telling people about it, which is a great way to get things moving. Just like, hey, I think I might move to LA next year and pursue acting full time. And then someone said, why don't you come to an audition uh, with me? Uh, I'm going to audition for this play. It's a local production of Dracula and it's a good theater company. And I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I'll go and read for it. Well, they offered me the lead. So I'm now playing Dracula in a local <laughs> production of the play Dracula. So I think I'm going to dress up as Dracula tonight. I've got some pomade. Am I saying that oh, right? Nice. Like stuff pomade, to slick yeah. back oh, my yeah. head. I've never, never used that. I've got some teeth that I'm going to, I've got some cement to mix so that the teeth are all set. And uh, it, who knows, maybe I can find some, some makeup. But I, I'm going to dress up as Dracula. How fun will that be? Okay, well, thanks for giving it away. And no one will know until you get there anyway. So That's right. Okay, so tell us a little bit about this next journey. And, and do start with how do you know or what does it mean to you to be playing, um, just playing the game full, fully? Yeah. Yeah, well, I think most of us are going at about 10% at most things. So... I mean, right now in my in my business, coaching wise, and as you, you said, we go in cycles, right? So right now, um, I'm probably going along at about 
I'm, I'm doing this interview. I had another interview today. Um, I've got a friend who, who will probably send a promotion and I, I usually get a string of clients coming in, but it's kind of cruise control and that's where it should be at, at this moment. But there are times in my life when I'm like, wait a minute, I need, I need more income or I want to have more impact. Oh, I've got this book right now, name that mouse. So again, it's still cruise control, but the book's coming along and we're, we're every, every week we draft a new chapter and I'd say in about four or five weeks, we'll have a draft of the whole book. Sometimes it's like, wait, we've got we to gotta crank this up. We've got to play for real. So we did a Kickstarter campaign. And we wanted to see if the people wanted this book as much as we did. And that was cranking it out. We, what I did is I went and posted on a bunch of different Facebook groups. I thought, what else? Um, we need a big name for uh, the forward. So I reached out and I asked some different people and Susan Campbell has been around for a long time. She's, she's got a brand called Getting Real. And so she wrote the forward and then I'm like, okay, who else? Marshall Goldsmith, top executive coach, reached out to Marshall, got an endorsement. Ivan Meissner, uh, founder of Business Networking International, BNI Worldwide, wrote the testimonial. So we like started the ball rolling. We did the Kickstarter and... And I went and did a bunch of interviews and we got funded. We hit our goal. So we're like, okay, now we're committed to doing a book. So that would be an example of where it's like, okay, we've got to really dive into this. And I think the acting is a, is a fun example because I just started talking about it. And then someone said, come to an audition. And I said, yes. All right. It would have been very easy to say, I don't know what I'm doing. I need to go and do some acting classes. No, I said, I'm going to read. Um, but I didn't just go and read. I had friends come over and read with me to, so I could practice. I memorized 75% of the scenes that they wanted us to test for. And I memorized all the parts because I wanted to read for four different parts. And then I hired an acting coach for an hour to tweak a few things and, and help me put my best foot forward. I went and learned a German accent on Google so I could do Van Helsing as, as the, uh, the vampire slayer. And, um, and then I went and read and boom, this is what happened. And then I auditioned for an improv troupe called Playback Theater, where an audience member tells a story, then the troupe says, let's watch. And the troupe improvises a, a dream sequence and, you know, all sorts of stuff. I went on to uh, a website and I'm, I'm auditioning almost every day for things around the country. I just got a call back for Hamlet. They're doing a, a, a film adaptation of Hamlet. And they said, we like your audition. We'd like you to meet with the producer and the director. I'm like, what? I don't even understand Shakespeare. So... That's an example. I think this is a fun example of where I, I just kept thinking, like, what else can I do? I, I joined, um, I went and got a couple of books on acting. So I'm on, I'm on my second book out of three, and then I found a podcast about it. So you listeners, you may not be interested in acting, but the question is, what would playing for real look like in your life? What would it look like? In your business, if that's what's alive for you right now, what would it look like in your relationship or with your kids? If that's what matters to you, you get to pick. So what do you mean? Okay, there's a couple of things you just said, and I want to ask you two questions. One is I want you to, to explain again. I know you did it once, but I want you to do it again um, because it's easy to get caught up in your story and miss the lead. Um, so playing for real, how would I know if I'm playing for real? That's my first question. I love it. Versus just playing a role that someone else says, like maybe I'm a CEO and I want to be really great at my, my business, right? How do I know I'm playing for real or playing to a role someone else gave me? What's Does that make sense to you, David? Yeah, I think so. Because um, I find that that can be a confusion. People want to get better and better to be recognized in a role, but it's not a role that sings here. Because yeah. everything you just described, you stepped up to and into, but you stepped into it from your own 
motivation to do it. It wasn't assigned to you. Yeah, I think I'm hearing maybe even two questions in here. Okay. Like, um, one, one way I think you could check if you're playing for real is is just keep asking, what else could I be doing here? And again, this is only on the stuff that really matters. You can't hit the gas in every area of your life. We'd we'd kill ourselves. But again, let's say it's your business. Um, What would it look like? If I was fearless, what would I do? It's a great question. Write it down at the top of a piece of paper. Spend 10 minutes just saying, if I was fearless, like who would I call and invite to be a client? Who would I call or reach out to and ask to be on my podcast or to endorse my book or or whatever? I just reached out to Alan Alder. Uh, well, not just. I've been thinking about it for three years and then over six months I've been reaching out and I finally actually got on a Zoom call and got to speak with Alan Alder from MASH. Um, like what else could I be doing? And you could work with a coach or get in a mastermind or a men's group or a woman's group and have people challenge you so that you, because your mind might be saying, oh yeah, you're doing a lot. But when you ask the question, it could be like, oh, it's a lot more. I noticed when I noticed, when I realized I did 10 different things on acting, uh, oh, I didn't say I joined an acting class as well. So I'm up, I'm up until 11 o'clock on Tuesday nights in this acting class. Um, you'll know when, when people go, wow, you really are diving into this, right? You'll know that. Now, the second element to your question is really good. Am I playing, am I playing full out here, but am I doing it for someone else right. or an idea that I should have? What a great question. When I became an actuary, that to the best of my knowledge was the path to take. And I think I was playing for real. I got a scholarship. I got paid to go to university. And initially, I was getting, I got a couple of C's because I thought, I can cruise. I'm so good. I don't need to get A's or B's. What do I care? I just need a degree here. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. In the exams, I would stress so much. I had to get up and leave the exam room because I didn't know the material. Couldn't do it. So I, I, I had to really dive in and get A's and B's and then I qualified and then I went to New York and I, you know, so you could say that's playing for real. And it w- was given the information I had. I didn't know of anything better. Then I discovered, wait a minute, this is a bit dry. I want to go in some different directions. So I went and did the um, music stuff. Now at the time, that was what I needed to do. I did it for a year, year and a half. Then I realized I'm over this. I've done it. This acting stuff, it feels like it's the right path because it's not work. I'm driving to Denver four nights a week. It's like an hour drive each way to get to rehearsals. And I love it. I don't care. And this acting class, 11 o'clock at night, that's crazy to me. But I love it. So if you find that you're loving what you do, then I would say you're probably doing what's right. That's that's the, the sign. If you find that it's a lot of work, someone just mentioned enduring today. If you find like you're, you're, you're kind of suffering with it and it's not fun, that's a real clue. This acting thing, if I was doing all this so that five years from now I could be a successful actor, but I wasn't enjoying the journey. Well, that's not, I was going to say it's not very bright. That's not true. Sometimes it's worth it. You pay the price, you go through some pain, and then at the end of it, hey, I'm a qualified doctor, or hey, I'm a qualified actuary, or now I get to have the good life. Okay, fine. But don't do something that isn't really fun for you. And then at the end of it, that's not really fun for you either. Um, Life's too short for that. Well, and that points out too, we change over life during throughout our life, right? We have different stages or chapters. People like to refer to them as chapters. And sometimes it can be hard to let go of one because you've invested in it. And yet, you know, your heart's saying to you, time to do something different, you know? Um, And and using you as an example right now, like people might say, well, David does all this coaching. What? He's an actor. He's ha- he's going to do Hamlet and Dracula. What's up with this dude? And yet you're doing, you're just doing life. 
right? Yeah. You know, it's hard to not know your direction for most of us. I understand that. You know, a lot of people they just feel a bit frustrated when they're not sure which way to go. That's that's hard. Right now, I love that the universe has shown me this is the way to go. And it came about from like, this was in my head. And, and I'm, I'm like the authentic expressed, um, life coach. That's my, my vision of myself. But this idea has been in my head for years. And I probably only told three friends. It just was so buried. Finally, when I started to say, maybe next year is the time to go to LA, things started hotting up. And, um, I love that this is right. Maybe it's right for another week. Maybe it's right for the next two years. I don't know. So I want to ask you something, David. Um, you know, you just said that you, it's been bubbling in the back of your head. You've had the idea for a while, and then you started speaking about it. Have you noticed, or do you see a pattern either in your own life or the lives of people you coach that when they verbalize what it is they want, it starts the gears happening differently or things start versus just keeping it internal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, David data gives a really good, uh, David data is a teacher of masculine feminine polarity. And, uh, he gives an example, um, or actually it might've been Satyan Raja, who's one of David data's teachers said, look, look, you might go for an interview for a job, and on the way to the interview, you meet someone in the elevator that takes you on a different path or shows you that that wasn't even the right job. But it was the action of going to the interview that had you meet the person. So in my case, it was the act of speaking it to people and saying, I think I might move to LA next year. And they're like, what? Really? And that led to the audition and that led to, so there's a, there's a, an energy that can build. There's a momentum mm -hmm. creating clear goals is one beginning step. All right. I got some goals in my head. They're, they're, they're alive for me, or at least I'm aware of them. That's boom. That's huge. Okay. Write them down, put them up on a wall. That's another step keeping them alive. I've got, I got uh, post-it notes on my computer to remind me of things. This one just says, let's watch. Let's see what happens instead of being scared of life. It's like, let's watch, you know, who knows how they're going to react to this. Um, then if you start to speak it with other people, maybe a coach, maybe a dear friend, maybe your partner, maybe your kids. And it's a little bit scary, like say, hey, I'm going to start acting or I'm going to start a new business or I have a goal that within a year I want to be able to run a marathon in X, X minutes. Um, it starts to become more alive. Then when you take specific action towards it, that is a sign to the universe. Hey, this matters to me. I care about this. Now, hey, maybe you get it, the thing that you're after. Maybe you don't, but you are in action and you're in alignment with the universe. And um, I, I've noticed that things can happen. Like I, I would never have predicted that I'd be playing Dracula in this play. Um, probably like five, six weeks after I just said, this is something I'm interested in. I'm in a playback theater troupe, uh, acting class, like all of this stuff is just snowballing. Take action in the direction that you want to go and do it pleasurably and the universe can often respond quite well if not you're at least having a great time in the journey i don't have to be a famous actor to be to, to be call this a win it's a win now well it's a win because you showed up yes i just think about like when you're describing the improv group and then the classes of being in the acting class all of that is living it's, it's living. We don't have to judge like, well, has he been a famous actor yet? That's not the goal line. Yeah. I mean, if that's what you were waiting for us to all be reach a particular goal line, um, we're missing the many, many wins and exciting things that happen between here and there. Um, yes. 
Yes, yeah. and and I've heard this for years. We we all know this. It's 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 even cliche now that you should enjoy the journey. Um, <clears throat> but when I said when I started saying I want to move to LA and pursue acting for a year or two, I've been very clear for years that it's not about um, an end result. I want to be one of the only actors in Los Angeles who doesn't need the gigs and wants the experience of auditioning wants to, like that'll be my stage right and and i know we most of us know it intellectually but it really feels true i just want to act i did a scene for my class on tuesday night where i had to scream at someone and and try and be angry which is really hard for me and i had a breakthrough and the class was you know some people like i really felt that that was great that's my win that's my win. The fact that they want, I got a call back for Hamlet. I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't understand that, but I love it. Um, and I'm not going to do the film because it's, I have a conflict with Dracula. It turns out it's not even going to work. I don't care. The win was they wanted to meet with me. I'm like, woohoo. So yeah, I, I guess for years I've known the theory that you should enjoy what you're doing. I, this book, right now, name that mouse or the mouse in the room. Um, that's a, that's a labor of love. Well, let's talk about the book specifically because I do. So I'm pivoting here so we can focus on the book. Otherwise I'll keep asking you different questions. Yeah. Um, but I love the name, you know, and we were talking a little bit before we hit record about, um, the whole saying the elephant in the room, which when you facilitate groups is a common thing. It's like, what's really happening here? What aren't we talking about? So tell us about this book, the concept and what you're writing on, how we're going to learn and benefit from it. Yeah. So we all know about the elephant in the room. Uh, You see it. I see it. No one's saying anything. Like, let's suppose the last time I saw you, uh, I yelled at you and we had a fight. And then we come here to this interview and neither of us are speaking about it. That's the elephant in the room. But many creatures in the room are much more subtle. They're much more refined. They might even be hard to see. And so we call these mice. These are the mice in the room. Uh, an example might be, and, and a mouse is any part of your experience that has not been, uh, that has not been clearly named. So, right, we haven't spoken about it. That's a mouse. So let's suppose I was late three minutes to this call and I didn't say anything and I might feel embarrassed. That's a mouse. I'm feeling a bit embarrassed. I'm wondering if what the impact is. Are you annoyed that I'm late? Are you going to think less of me because I'm late? Those are two more mice. Okay. That room Uh, gets pretty full pretty quick. It it does. (laughs) If if I have a sensation in my body, let's suppose my, my belly's a bit tight because I'm, I'm, I'm nervous that you're going to be annoyed at me and I, and I probably wouldn't for something that's fine, but then that's another mouse. So any thought, any body sensation, any emotion, um, these are all mice. Now, as a kid, I did not learn how to discover and name my mice. I didn't, my parents didn't say, David, how are you feeling today? How do you feel about that? What's the impact on you that we said we're going to go out, but now we're not? That wasn't part of the the discussion. So I just, um, I wasn't very good at realizing my own experience. I'm trying to get better at it each day. And it makes such a difference when you can name your mice. If I say to you, I'm late three minutes, I apologize, I'm a bit embarrassed, and I want to know the impact. How is it for you that I'm late? Now you can relate with me about what's real for me and we can talk about it instead of ignoring it. Uh, another example might be, um, well, this is a pretty big, big mouse. They can be quite huge. We call them rodents of unusual size, um, <laughs> which is a Princess Bride reference. If you haven't watched the movie, go <laughs> I got watch, the reference. Go and watch that movie, listeners, if you haven't seen it. Oh, um, I, I have a, 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 t- a tenant downstairs, or I did until two days ago, and um, he sent some really angry messages once to me. And um, I've been on edge around him 
since then worried that he's going to blow up again. That's a pretty big mouse, right? It's not, it could be an elephant in the room because if he's aware of it, if he's like, yeah, I know, you know, it's whatever, that's, that would count as an elephant. But if he's not, and I don't know if he knows it, so it's my mouse to name. And um, so I have shared with him, hey, uh, in different ways, I've shared many different mice around this. I'm like, hey, that, you know, that was really edgy and that, you know, I find that I'm a bit tense uh, and I wonder if you could, you know, send me kind, kind of messages that's my request. And uh, that made a really big difference that I brought that into awareness rather than just stepping around it all the time. It's our pathway to connection, confidence, and true leadership is naming our experience with people. Not all the time. We're not going to share all of our mice with every everyone, but too many of them are being ignored and they start to breed. And then we've got disconnection. Oh my God, you are making such visuals. I'm thinking, okay, now we got a bunch of breeding mice. That's just getting a bigger and a bigger problem. Yep. Versus just infestation. Saying, hey, yeah. Yeah. It's it's... Little mice, you need to go outside. Yeah. And let me just, open the door by having a conversation. Yeah. Just think about all the desires you have that have not been named. Let's think about all the tolerations you have. The, the things that don't work for you or that you don't like, but you don't say something because you don't want to rock the boat. These things start to build with, our, with kids, with, with our partner, with our friends, with our co-workers, with our boss, with our staff. And then sometimes, you know, it just comes out as an eruption and, and you're just f- furious and having a fight now because you didn't find a way to artfully name your experience. Or in a less elegant way, I learned this from a cab driver in Boston, in the snow, driving us to an airport for a a meeting we were doing. But he, you know, we were talking about his long relationship with his wife and how did it work? He says, oh, it's the, you know, it's just trash. And I go, okay, you lost me there. And he says, when you don't deal with something, it goes in the trash can and it just, the trash can gets fuller and fuller and fuller until the lid won't fit on anymore. So our goal, he and his wife's goal was quit putting stuff in the trash. If there's something that needs to be said, say it. And then we keep the lid off and our relationship is just better. And, but I honestly, it was just such a simple visual of quit stuffing stuff down. And yes, it can be uncomfortable. We might rock the boat, oh, yeah. but at least it's not like um, under the surface. And then coming out in ways that are subtle and sometimes not so subtle, like you said, an explosion, but they damage the relationship. Yeah, you're right. It can be so awkward and scary. This is why. This is why we don't name mice. It's because, oh, what if it makes things worse? Or sometimes we're just not clear ourselves. Right. Um, one, of the, one of the big incidents I, I had with the tenant was there was a fight at 1 a.m., uh, you know, it was a fight between two people and I was hearing no- noises and banging and swearing and that's not good for my nervous system. Are you kidding? That's terrible. It was, it was horrendous. And um, the next day I reached out and said, can we meet? Can we have a house meeting? Uh, because these things are better face-to-face generally than over text, right? And uh, the answer was, no, I think I know what this is about. I promise it won't ever happen again. All right. So you could think, all right, it's complete, but it wasn't for me. I needed to make clear, and I didn't know this initially. It took me a few hours to get clear on what was going on for me, and I got some coaching on it. I needed to set a boundary and make it clear that if it did happen again, he was out straight away. No 30 days notice, no nothing that, you know, and I was so worried because I've already got a message that says, I promise it won't happen again. And this is someone who's blown up before. So if I say this, maybe it's going to create a big fight in my mind. And finally, I just realized for my own self-expression and integrity, I have to express this. And I also have to give him all the data. He has to have all the information so that when he makes his choices, 
He can, if he has another fight, he knows he's going to be out straight away. He has to have that information. If I don't give him that info, I lose the right to bitch about it. Absolutely. So, so this was so hard. And finally, and I was so scared. Finally, I sent the because he wouldn't meet with me. So I had to send it by text. And I said something like, thank you for assuring me it won't happen again. That was exactly what I needed to hear. And to be super clear, I have to make it clear to, clear to you. I can forgive this once. I can't forgive it twice. If it happened again, you'd be out straight away. And um, I thought it was going to be a big blow up. I just got a message saying, I promise it won't happen again. Okay. But that, oh, I can feel it right now in, in my chest. That was so scary to say. I have a lot of trouble living in the same house with someone who's angry uh, with me. That's like a real edge for me, which I'm, I'm still working on. Um, but but it did set me free. I needed to say that and to be clear. And if he erupted, then we'd deal with that. All right. We'd deal with that. It's not the end of the world that someone has emotions, has feelings. Sometimes you have a round two and then you have a round three. You might even have a round four if it's a partner, but we get closer and closer to syncing up and understanding each other's mice. Because when I share something with you, you might have five or six mice pop up. You're like, oh, I'm feeling defensive. Oh, wait a minute. This feels unfair right now. Now I want to attack you right now. Unfortunately, us humans don't always recognize all these things as they're happening. It just happens. But what we want to do is slow it down to the speed of connection. Oh, wait, I'm feeling this right now. Oh, I'm in fight or flight right now i'm kind of frozen hearing that this is really hard to hear but keep going right these are this is reality and we get to interact in real time versus i, I the analogy i like is a computer there's a program going on behind the scenes but all you see is what spits out on the display that's all you see. You don't know how I got to that. You don't know what's going on for me. You don't know my emotional landscape. You don't know my judgments and all this stuff. You just see what's on the screen. Then I see what's on your screen. And it's like we're trying to connect around that, which is kind of silly once you start mouse naming and realize where it can lead. Well, and it's it's respectful of someone else to, to assume you know everything that brought them to that moment. And sometimes you don't need, you don't need to know what started whatever that altercation was, but you do need to know that you are safe and that you've communicated your needs and your feelings. Um, and sometimes that's not easy. You're absolutely oh. right. Yeah. So in your book, I know it's not finished, but Take me through the journey of the book as best as you know it right now. Oh, sure. And we already have the mini book ready. So if you guys go to namethatmouse.com, you can you can already get the, the mini book, which right. is beautiful illustrations. We've identified six different categories of mice. Uh, I'll, I'll give away two or three of them here. Uh, there's a self-expression mouse, just, just to be expressed. I just want you to know me better. That's why I'm sharing it. There's a confession mouse where you did something, you broke an agreement or did something where there could be consequences and you, you actually want to come clean and confess. And there's a, an appreciation mouse. Not all mice are negative. Mouse is any experience you have. You might love someone and you haven't told them. Or in acting class on Tuesday, I was super impressed with someone and I haven't told her yet, but I think at the next class I'll go up and say, hey, that really struck me as very powerful what you did. That's an appreciation mouse. And we have a section on the book on uh, why this is so important because we want to enroll people in, in going through what could be awkwardness. And there's a section that says, but I can't say that, where we go through common objections. Uh, there's also a section on how to artfully name a mouse because if you do it poorly like hey we need to talk i'm really pissed at you that doesn't go very that's an well inviting that's an inviting conversation yeah I, I a friend of mine who teaches this stuff sent me a text once and said we need to talk i'm pissed at you that's why i use that example and and at the end of talking at the end of the conversation everything i said can i tell you something as a friend she said yeah i said you can do better 
you can do better than that. You know, you were dealing with me, so I didn't blow up in your face. I, I, took, a, I took a few hours before I responded to your message. But most people aren't going to do that. You can do better than that. And this book is about that. It's about how to do better so that you can become a communications mouse naming ninja. And I really believe, in my experience, it leads to more connection. It leads to more trust. It leads to more influence. It leads to more business and more money. Many good things. Now, there may be times when it bites you. There may be times where you're like, oh, kind of wishing I hadn't said that, that that did really rock the boat. There may be times when you choose not to name a mouse because you don't want, you're not willing to accept the possible consequences. I once tracked down someone who I had wronged uh, earlier when I, when I was growing up and I just felt bad about it for years and I went back and I said, hey, look, that thing back then, that was me. I want to confess and I want to make it right. I want to apologize. I could have gone to jail. If they wanted to press charges, I could have gone to jail. I understand if you choose not to risk that, right? You might not want to risk your partner leaving you because you confess to cheating. Um, so, you know, part of the book is about how to, how to weigh it up. It's like, well, here's the upside, potential upside, which we're so bad at, at mocking up. We're good at mocking up the downside. We are. We're not good at mocking up the upside. So here's a potential upside. Here's a potential downside. I'm going to do it. I'm going to name my mouse and then let's watch. Let's see what happens. The other person might have some mice and we'll find out what those mice are about. And then hopefully we'll, we'll end much closer and more in love than when we started. Well, I love the concept. I like that you help people decide what's the rice, the right mice. You know, that's an alliteration issue for me. The, the rice right mice. Mice to name. Um, and potentially the right time to share the information. Oh, yeah. You know, because it is, it's a, it's a nuanced thing sometimes to have tough conversations. You don't go in when someone's just had a really bad day and say, so let me pile on. Yeah. Well, you you're know, already I, down. Let me kick you a little bit. I've been teaching tough conversations for, for so long. And I kind of take it for granted that this is important, an important skill set. But when you're really um, stressed about something and you've got an interaction, it could be your partner. Like for me, it was my housemate brutal. I was losing sleep on it. That's when this becomes super important. And it could be the difference between litigation and peace. Um, I, I, I nearly made a big mistake with my tenant. Once I got that string of angry messages, I, I brought in my training and I sent back a message and said, I'm going to try not to react to that. Although I've got a lot of emotion, I'm just going to try and get your world right now. Sounds like this, 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 and this, and you're angry about this, 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 and this, and this is what you, you feel I've done wrong. Is that accurate? I, I, it's called recreating someone's world. And he said, yeah, I think you got, my, you got my frustration. So I did all that. But then when I tried to share some of mine, he said I was delusional. I'm like, okay, maybe I am, but you don't seem particularly open to my point of view. And I decided... I'm done. I'm done. And I wanted to give him his 30 days notice right there and then. I wanted it done. And fortunately, I, I got coaching first because when you're in it, it's very hard to see it. It is. And what I got from the coaching was that that was the wrong medium. Text was not the medium to share a message like that. And it was the wrong timing. It was the wrong timing while he's still really worked up and I'm worked up to share a message like that. So it was very hard for me to hold on to it, but I did. I said, all right, let's talk when I'm back. And we, and we met face-to-face. -face, and during that face-to-face -face meeting, I tried mouse naming or whatever, and he was so charged. I just, I, I, there wasn't room for me to share my point of view. It was just, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And so I just, that was a, a good a good lesson because I got to realize, okay, this isn't a space to name mice anymore. This guy's not open to it. And I said, it seems like it's not working for either of us. 
And but he is said, it yeah. necessarily not successful just because someone's not open to it? Or is it enough if you've been considered? So you've thought about the timing, the message, the medium, and you're coming and you're not coming. You don't come with the expectation that it's going to be perfect or they're going to say exactly what you want, but you're coming to share. If they don't respond in a way that is ultimately what you would hope for, does that make it any less valid for the to make the attempt? Well, one of the one of the things we cover in the book is like, should you name a mouse? And and one of the one of the questions is, do I want to invest in this relationship? Is this someone like if it's if it's a coworker, you might have to see them every day, so I'd probably put a lot of effort into syncing up, right? Same with a girlfriend or a wife or, or my kids or whatever, or a really good friend. I'm going to put a lot of work into that. Tenant in my house? Oh yeah, I'm going to put a lot of work into that. That, that matters to me. But what I found is that even with all the skill that I felt like I was bringing, all of the listening to his world and then to find that even after a couple of days so he could calm down, he still wasn't, there were some logic flaws. There were some logic flaws like, oh, well, I sent you a text about that and then we can't find the text, but then no apology. There was stuff that was just off. And so I decided, you know what? I'm just going to give notice and count down the days and then we're done. And that 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 worked. I said, seems like it's not working for either of us. And he said, yeah. And I said, all right, so maybe it's time to call it. And he said, yeah, I guess so. So I was able to get him to agree that we're doing this together. Um, but I did not do what I would normally do with people who I think are more evolved, um, have, which is most of the population. He's actually very young. So, uh, and, and not a lot of experience in communication and hasn't done the courses I, I've done. I don't want people to hear this and go, oh yeah, I should, I just shouldn't name, name my mice with this guy or this person or whatever, because they're not evolved. That's a trap. Too many of us, nine times out of 10, there are mouse that can be, mice that can be artfully named and we're not doing it. This was an extreme case of someone who was so triggered that they didn't seem rational to me. And so I just decided not to keep going down that path. And we just, we just, what, what do they say? Something our losses. We oh, cut our losses. Cut, you cut your losses. Cut our losses. And, and so that was, that was the way, way to go. But don't, don't take this as, oh, I shouldn't go and you say that to my partner because they couldn't handle this. No. Um, well, you made the attempt. Though. A There's way. a difference between prejudging ahead of time that it won't work versus really doing a considered thoughtful attempt and then acknowledging, okay, this isn't going to go. That person's not going to engage or whatever. You can't know that unless you try, unless you know this person's like totally volatile and they're not going to talk to you ever. That's right. And that's a and different sometimes, conversation. Sometimes they might receive your mouse, but just not agree with you. Right. That Right. Which is, which is fine. It might not feel good, but it's like, hey, I totally hear, I hear your experience and I have a different experience of it. Maybe we agree to disagree. I once had a, uh, invited a group of people to come to my birthday party and uh, I kind of had to invite the group. It'd be weird to invite some of them and not the others. So, and then, yes, <laughs> well, they'd feel completely like singled out. Yeah. And, and, but then I realized, wait a minute, this person in my experience seems to suck the energy out of the room they, and, and wants attention all the time. And I was like, I don't want that at my party. I want to be the center of attention. I'm like, what am I going to do about this? So I decided to name that mouse, which is ironic since she's the one who gave me the idea for the book. But I decided to name a mouse and I, call, and I called her and I said, yeah, I'm, look, you do you you know, most of the time, but for my party, I'm worried that it's going to be like the, the Susan show. Her name wasn't Susan, but like that. And I want it to be the David show. So what can we do about that? And she didn't have any ideas. And I said, well, if I, if it seems to be happening, would you be open to me giving you a signal just so we don't have to talk about it? I'm just like, Hey, tone it down. 
And she said, well, let me think about that. And so she sat with it and then she sent me a message and said, you know, I've decided not to come. It just doesn't feel right. So I'm, I'm going to skip it. And I said, okay. We, that was two years ago. We haven't spoken since. And I think that that's the way it was supposed to go. We weren't good friends. I didn't really want her at the party. She decided not to come, but she was invited. She could come under certain conditions. And we don't talk uh, at all, which is fine by me. I don't feel any loss with that. It's not, you know, we're in different planes, different dimensions. So someone could say, oh, well, that didn't work. Maybe you shouldn't have, have named that mouse. No, maybe that was exactly the way it should have gone instead of me not saying anything and then being resentful and maybe saying something at the party and having it be way worse. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. David, I'm always so interested in what you're doing and how you're doing it and how things evolve for you. I really want to know what's going on with this acting because by putting one foot in front of the other, you've just created a ton of momentum. Yeah. So um, before we finish up, I want to ask you a question about the place that you prefer people reach out and find you. Cause I know people are going to want to come know more about you, David, about your book, about your coaching, everything you're into. What's the best place? Sure. I created a, a link, special link that takes people to a hidden page on my site with a gift basket of goodies. So I have a cheat sheet on how to achieve twice as much in half the time. There's a way to, to get the mini book for Name That Mouse, if you want to get that now, or The Mouse in the Room. Uh, and if you're interested in coaching with me, and you already have a business that's up and running, and it's already successful, and you want to go faster, um, and you also care about your life, it's not just about money, that's important, then there'll be a link uh, there where you can get on a phone call with me, and we'll see if we're a fit. Not everyone's a fit for me, and I'm not a fit for everyone else. And you can do all of that at myfocusgift.com. Myfocusgift.com will take you right there. Great. And we'll put um, that in the show notes as well so that people can find it easily, especially those who are on a treadmill, out running, riding a bike, driving a car, whatever. They do not have pen and paper with them right now. Um, and maybe they're not going to stop and put it on their phone. So, David, thanks again for being a guest on the No Labels, No Limits podcast. Always learn a lot from you. And I enjoyed your sharing with us today. Well, it's my pleasure. And I'm glad to see you again. Same here. And happy birthday. Thank you. You've been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent, and strategic vision coach, Sarah Box. You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at sarahbox.com forward slash no labels, no limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five-star review and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.